Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there. And we are getting ready to get into the thick of it. Anywhere from 4 to 12 inches of snow expected to fall. A winter storm that's going to arrive in central Indy by late tonight. So you look out the window now and you think, man, there's no way we're going to get this much weather. There's no way that much snow is going to fall. I'm telling you, by the time tomorrow rolls around, it's going to look vastly different. So here's what we are anticipating. Throughout the course of the evening tonight, conditions will start to get a little dicey. Now, we should be good for the afternoon drive tonight. Right. But later in the evening, if you know somebody that works maybe that second shift or perhaps they're going in for third shift, this is where you're really going to start to notice things. The snow will start to come down. It won't stick right away. But once we kind of get into the prime of this weather system here, you could be getting up to one, maybe one and a half to two inches per hour. That's going to stick, which means that the road conditions tomorrow are going to be absolutely brutal. Now, Matt Bear, if you're standing by in the WIBC Traffic Center, let's get you in the conversation. Yo. Matt, what time do you plan to get to the big show tomorrow? I'm thinking this. I Myself, I'll probably be here about 5 a.m. looking things over. And then after that, the snow is going to be down. Tomorrow's rush hour is basically like this in my six years experience. Either everybody stays home, we don't have a rush hour, or everybody goes to work and we have bedlam. And I'm going to tell you, this morning was bad. If we had no snow on the roads, we had problems with ice. We had problems with ice yesterday afternoon. It shut down 86 at Georgetown. It was a mess. But basically what happens is either we go to work or we don't, and that's going to determine what rush hour is like tomorrow morning. So what tips would you have for somebody that has to get up and go to work tomorrow? There's a lot of people where... I don't care what's going on. They're expected to be at work. What tips, what advice would you pass along? Well, first off, pack a bag. And I know it sounds crazy, but pack a bag in case you get stranded in the cold and in the snow. You know, have some protein or something like that, a flashlight, all the essentials, a blanket and everything else. Secondly, as soon as, I'm going to sound crazy, as soon as you see snow falling out of the sky, turn your headlights on. Because that protects yourself. I, I know a lot of times we're like, oh, I don't care about the... No, that protects you. I always have my headlights on when it's snowing or raining just because it's a black card. I want people to see me. So uh, turn your headlights on. Leave distance. When I'm driving in the snow, stay away from me. 
Okay, I'm going to make that happen. I'm going to allow plenty of distance between me and the person in front of you. And watch those bridges. Man, I have bridges on the mind right now just because it was so bad this morning and yesterday. Ice on those bridges just caused a complete carpocalypse, and it was ugly. So, yeah, lights on, pack a bag, plenty of distance, leave early, just common sense sorts of things as you make your way through rush hour tomorrow morning, if you have to make your way through rush hour tomorrow morning. As of Tuesday morning, earlier this morning, the winter storm warning is supposed to expire by 7 o'clock tomorrow night. So, obviously, from a travel standpoint, we all need to be prepared. Um, The National Weather Service is saying this thing is going to encompass portions of the entire state. Knox County, all the way up to Steuben County, as far north as South Bend, all the way down to Bloomington and Washington. And again, like we've mentioned before, that mysterious I-70 corridor um, <laughs> maybe uh, on the north side of Indianapolis up to the north and places like Kokomo, Lafayette, Crawfordsville, stretching east of Fort Wayne from there. This is from the National Weather Service. Uh, says it's saying possible. I mean, some areas are going to get up to a foot of snow. Most of the state get closer to around four inches hammer and we will try to connect with wish tv's marcus bailey coming up here in just a moment but one of the things that i think everybody needs to understand when you see a snow plow truck on the road when you see a salt truck on the road and i can't stress this enough get the hell out of its way <laughs> let it do its job you're laughing matt but we hear these stories all the time yeah, i know I, you I, do and we hear them from the snowplow drivers right those are the ones that are stating the obvious you wouldn't think you'd have to say that out loud but you do and matt i mean when you're in the traffic center you're looking at things that are causing problems on the roads the snowplow trucks, let's be honest, we should be thanking our lucky stars they're even out considering who our mayor is. You have to give them the room, right? <laughs> yeah, these guys work their butts off, man, and they are in hazardous conditions just like us, and they're just trying to make a buck and do their job. So, yeah, if you can allow them plenty of room, in, that that would be awesome. It's, it's not their fault that it's snowing, and it's not their fault that the roads are going to be bad, for sure. I, I will say this. This sun is freaking me out a little bit because a lot of times it gives us a little <laughs> false sense of security. You know, I think we might be going through that because I was out and about during the midday and people are already acting like idiots sometimes. And I do the same thing. I know that. But uh, the sun, don't let that lure you into like you reiterating what you said earlier, Hammer. It's going to be bad tomorrow morning. All right, Matt, we'll touch base with you again here in just a little bit. Right now, let's go to the drivehubler.com hotline and bring on Marcus Bailey. Uh, we're going to put Marcus to work. Meteorologist for Wish TV. So, Marcus, uh, yeah. what we're hearing is that afternoon drive, the commute home tonight into yeah. the evening hours, we should be okay. But Fine. late yeah. night tonight into the overnight, that's where things start to take a turn. Is that correct? Yes, that's 100% correct. And it's going to turn in a hurry. So, yeah, to, to what you just mentioned, there's no issues for the evening drive. I believe the Pacers are playing tonight at home. You should be okay if you're heading to the field house tonight. Mm. Uh, no issues there. So the timeline is basically, it's pretty similar when we talked yesterday here. It's after midnight. Uh, we're going to see this precip arrive. And, and honestly, it could start briefly as rain. I mean, if you've been outside recently, it's a pretty nice day, right? I mean, it's sunny, you know, we're upper 30s. It's not bad, so we're above freezing. And so we may briefly start this as rain, but I think we'll flip the switch pretty quickly in that 2, 3, 4 o'clock uh, hour overnight. And, and 
Something to keep in mind here, guys, is I think this the snow that we're going to get is going to come in a couple of ways. We're going to get a kind of a thump uh, overnight where we could get uh, a few inches of snowfall, heavy, wet snow. And then I think, you know, probably in like that 6 and 7 o'clock hour, we may catch a little bit of a lull. And I, I use that in quotation marks because I think we're still going to have kind of some sleet and maybe some mixing of rain and snow. Uh, and then as we get into the mid to late morning, we'll get wave number two, and that's where you get more accumulation. So this is going to be kind of an overnight and morning event where things are going to get pretty difficult. Wow, so even obviously the morning drive is going to be brutal, but like even like Hammer and I get to work generally around 10 or 11 yeah. in the morning. It still might be uh, a bit hazardous. I think so. Wow. Yeah, I think I think so. Um, at least with so so the way I see it, Nige, is I see it. You know, you're going to have snow all day. The heaviest okay. of the snow, though, is going to be, you know, overnight in that first wave until around probably five or six o'clock in the morning, and then it lightens up. I won't say it completely shuts down during you know for early commuters in that six, seven, eight o'clock window. But it lightens up a little bit. Roads are going to be pretty tough because of the accumulation already on the ground. And then wave number two kind of hits. And that's where you're going to get a few more inches, probably through lunchtime or early afternoon. And then we'll lighten it up a little bit more as we get closer to the evening drive. I think the evening drive is probably going to be rough. I don't think it'll be as bad as the the morning commute because it, it won't be quite as heavy of snow. Uh, or snowfall rates, if you will. Uh, but both commutes, I think both uh, tomorrow are going to be difficult. Wednesday morning is just going to be a little bit worse because of the, the heavy rates of snow. Marcus, one more thing here. About yeah. what time of the night are we going to see the peak of this storm, the hardest, heaviest snow coming down? Yeah, well, again, so I, I think you, you get it in, in, in two punches here. And so I think the, the heart of this first wave is probably going to be in that, uh, you know, 3, 4 a.m., um, yeah, 4, 5 a.m. window, where it's going to be, you could be talking around an inch, and in extreme cases, maybe two inches per hour. So it's going to be coming down at a pretty good clip. And then the second wave, I think you're probably looking between like 9 and noon or 9 and 1 p.m., all right, and that and that's 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. So, you know, a couple of, of ways, but those are the two where, you know, travel is going to be pretty, pretty difficult because you're already going to have snow on the ground, but then you're going to have some pretty heavy rates of snow making visibilities tough. You're, you know, it's just already piling up. So those are kind of the two time frames you got to be aware of. Any chance, Marcus, any chance mm-hmm. we're going to wake up in the morning and be like, oh, this wasn't so bad <laughs> after all. It has <laughs> happened before. Oh, it um, absolutely has. Absolutely has. I've, and I'm not you know, saying anything that's... about your abilities as a meteorologist. You know you know what oh, I mean. I'm not trying to insult anybody. But here, here comes it? a but. <laughs> but. <laughs> no, no, no. Hey, listen, listen I, I, I've been there, and, uh, and, and I've been the butt of many of jokes when I come to that <laughs> scenario, and I get up at 2 in the morning, I look outside, and I'm like, Oh crap! <laughs> there's a lot of grass on. There's a lot of grass out there and no snow. Um, you know, is there a possibility? Sure. I, you know, I feel we feel pretty confident that we're going to flip that switch. There's yeah. still some some question to mixing um, and when that occurs and how far north. I do think that there's a possibility. One and you know, this would be an extreme example. I'm not you know saying this is exactly how it plays out, but you know, I think that it could be a situation where. You know, somewhere in the metro, say up in Carmel or, you know, up in Westfield, you get maybe six or seven inches and not that far south in the metro around Franklin, you get maybe two or three inches. There's going to be a pretty sharp cutoff 
from a lot of snow to, you know, a little bit. But I do feel pretty confident that around the metro, it's still going to be pretty rough. And we've been trying to drive it home. Doesn't matter how much you get. If you're getting snow in the morning drive, it just it makes for some messy, messy travel here. And that's that's what you got to be aware of tomorrow morning. All right, Marcus Bailey, meteorologist for Wish TV. Marcus, we're going to be leaning on you. We'll hear from you a couple times between now and the next 24 hours, my friend. We appreciate you helping us out. Thanks, Marcus. Always happy to help. Thanks, guys. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta. And check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. Happy National Peanut Butter Day. Yeah, seriously. Baby. It's a thing. It's 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 National Peanut Butter Day. My name is Nigel Jason Hammer is there uh, always keeping an eye on the incoming weather. We'll have another update for you very soon, but Right now, I probably wouldn't even mention National Peanut Butter Day if uh, Hard Truth Distilling Company didn't drop off a bottle of their peanut butter whiskey. (laughs) Oh, baby. (laughs) Shout out to our friend Susan Decker, who is the Uh, best in the business. Like, if you're not doing promotions and marketing with her, you clearly don't like money and results. But uh, she's the one behind... This little gift that was brought up here, Nige. Yeah. Uh, first of all, this is a distillery. I need to go down and check out Hard Truth uh, in Brown County. Handcrafted in Brown County. I'm going to crack open this. Crack that bad boy open so here. So it's it's peanut butter whiskey. It's peanut butter whiskey. Here, and it's got the cork in there. Oh, there oh, here we go. Nothing says, let's get ready to hunker down for a winter storm like hearing that sound. I like it. You know, here, here's the funny thing about Hammer is he brought in these uh, these whiskey ice trays. He keeps them in the refrigerator in the kitchen. <laughs> so when I say whiskey ice cube trays, it means it's not just a regular ice cube. It's it's a big block. Right. It's a big block that you can pour uh, your whiskey over. So I'm going to come around and grab one. Uh, yeah, here, I'm going to pour one for James. James, you want one, man? Uh, yes, All right. So there's yours. Take James. Um, so we'll do a little whiskey Tuesday here in honor of national peanut butter day, hard truth distilling company, peanut butter whiskey. All right. On the count of three, everybody makes a big cheers. One, two, three cheers. (laughs) Are you kidding me? That tastes like candy. (laughs) Oh man. This tastes like I could put it on bread. In fact, that's what I'm gonna do for my lunch tomorrow. I, I'm gonna put regular jelly and just and just pour this and soak it in my bread. You guys said bread and milk. You didn't say what I could put on the bread. Oh, wow. James, what do you think, my man? That's really good. It tastes a little bit like coffee almost. Oh, yeah, it's exactly. Just so good. That's, that's what you would do. Sprinkle a little bit in your uh, in your coffee. Hard uh, truths. Peanut butter whiskey. In terms of regular peanut butter, you people that 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 like the crunchy, 
um, stuff like you know the regular peanut butter with the with the nuts and stuff the right. physical nuts in the, are psychos very disgust very gross just give me some creamy jiff you know what i mean and even the organic peanut butter like the natural peanut butter is it looks like runny diarrhea it does I, there's I a lot of it. fluids on that yeah like i don't want fluids in my peanut butter let me say that again i don't want <laughs> fluids on my peanut butter um okay 18 cheapest places to travel in 2023 website kayak has compiled a list of the cheapest places that you could go in 2023 new palestine um, indiana well yeah that's one of them um the it's you know it's based on the list of flight and hotel prices uh, the most clicked destinations on the web travel restrictions security blah 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 so <laughs> half of these places i wouldn't want to go to like houston texas is the cheapest place to go to really in in america right now but who wants to go to houston texas Who's getting the family around yeah. and say, you know what? Dreams come true. This is the year we go to H-Town. Uh, Los Angeles. <laughs> right. That doesn't make any sense. Even Los Angeles. Los Angeles is on the list of cheapest places to travel in 2023. I don't think you could pay me to go to Los Angeles. but Well, I'd go to Southern California, just not L.A. itself. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's just not my thing out there. And it seems like only well, yesterday, Nige, yeah. you and I were sending kind of some snarky letters to Jeff Bezos, the head of Amazon, because when he was looking for a second corporate headquarters, Indianapolis was a finalist on the list, but so was Los Angeles, and you wrote a letter. Dear Mr. Bezos, thank you so much for selecting our city, Indianapolis, as a finalist for your second corporate headquarters. Indy is a great choice, much better than some of your other finalists, like Los Angeles. With a homeless population of more than 58,000, there's a reason why its nickname is Smell A. <laughs> Do you really want to move your headquarters to a city that gave us Harvey Weinstein, Kevin Spacey, and the Kardashians? No. <laughs> Do you want to reward a city like L.A. that made such acclaimed films as Ishtar and Caddyshack 2? <laughs> also, Los Angeles produces 90% of the country's pornography. Okay, I guess that's not so bad. <laughs> Sincerely, Hammer and Nigel. So L.A. on the list of cheapest places to visit in 2023. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, Ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Hammer and Nigel show on 93 WIPC.
keeping an eye on that big winter storm moving through. Details forthcoming. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there. Let's not wait. Let's get right into some vaccines. Pharmacies. Antibodies. Side effects. (laughs) Vaccine stuff. Very very excited about (laughs) vaccine stuff and a... um, I just watched the Ric Flair documentary. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, it's Ric Flair over here getting fired up for a what they're calling a, quote, shift in the government's COVID vaccine policy. Hmm. A major shift. Or is it, Hammer, instead of putting out a booster every time a new variant hits, the FDA is going to vote on this Thursday. This could switch the guidance to recommend a yearly COVID shot like you do with the flu so in other words the way i see it is there's such a low percentage of people waiting to get their sixth booster right and there's tons of questions surrounding the current vaccine and boosters i think i think a plan like this has been in the works all along it's trying to normalize the shot even more by saying yeah you know what just get it once a year like the flu shot now, keep in mind that the flu shot in itself is kind of a gamble because what they do is they try to predict what type of flu bug it is and then make that the uh, shot that you get. Sometimes it's right on the money and it protects you. Sometimes it's a swing and a miss. It's kind of a gamble. Um, I've had flu shots in the past and I have not had a flu shot in the past so you're telling me that the vaccine is going to be kind of like that to where it will be catered on the type of variant they're expecting that year yeah as as the virus evolves the vaccines evolves at least that way you know at least that's the way it works with the flu i don't know i'm a little people that have major questions about these boosters I don't know that it's such a good thing because they're still they're trying to normalize. Like I haven't seen any of the current issues and questions surrounding these vaccines that are being addressed. Right. They they're, they're they're not being addressed. Instead, they're shifting the government's COVID vax policy to one vax per year. You remember the CDC issued a warning about quote safety signals surrounding the newest Pfizer bivalent vaccines last week and uh, possible associations with heart issues and stroke issues. And, and, and here is something else you need to remember about these things, is that in other countries, especially in Europe, where they've, they've done a lot of extensive testing, these countries, again, especially in Europe, have basically ended the distribution of the jab, except for those most at risk. You said something earlier that I thought was really interesting, Nige, that our questions are not being answered. And yes, you're 100% right. What's happening is you're being yelled at for having the questions in the first place. The way that it seems right now, if you're somebody that has a legitimate question, you're not trying to make some sort of political statement, you might be the most apolitical person in the world, but you have a legitimate question about these mRNA vaccines, you're being told, what, are you some sort of denier? Are you some sort of vax denier? How dare you question the vaccines? That's not the approach that has to happen here. It's okay to have questions. I want to know why the folks that had the mRNA 
you know, stuff in the vaccines. Why were they so quick to run off people like Johnson and Johnson and some of these other uh, companies that were trying to make different vaccines? Because it's a question I have. Like, I don't trust big pharma as far as I can throw them. I'll be honest. So I'm curious as to what's going on behind the scenes here. Why did these groups work together to get rid of the other pharmaceutical companies who didn't want to put that stuff in their vaccines? It's a fair question. I have gotten the flu shot in recent years and become extremely sick afterwards. 2019. I feel I I almost feel like COVID was floating around here October of 2019. Before that was the patient zero yes, timeline. I was patient zero in Indiana because I <laughs> I got I got the flu shot and then and then I mean literally a few days later I was on my I, I couldn't get out of bed for seven days and then when I came finally came to work that next Monday my boss pulled me aside he goes you, you look awful are you still are you sure you should be here and you were eating a bat at the time <laughs> yeah. and that's when we all put two and two together <laughs> I have not had so I've not had anything except a flu shot since 2021 I did get the uh, I did get the COVID vax upon the recommendation of my doctor uh my last physical last summer though I, I i inquired about the booster and my doctor was like you know i recommend them for my older patients it's an older demographic my general practitioner has i think but he says man it seems like and this is just what my doctor said it's not he goes it seems like these these boosters are fly paper like i'll give a booster and then two weeks later they're back in here and i'm pres- prescribing um uh, Paxlovid or whatever the, the hydroxychloroquine, the, 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 <laughs> remdesivir, dexamethasone. So uh, I, I was recommended. This is my recommendation for my personal doctor, just not to even bother with the booster. That's my recommendation to my from my doctor, not to anybody else. Just got to make that clear. All right. Headline in the Indy Star tomorrow. It's going to be like a Greg Doyle article. <laughs> Nigel says nobody needs it. <laughs> There are certainly some out there that look at the data and say that. I've been trying to get Berenson back on the show here. He texted me uh, Sunday night watching football, and I'm trying to get him back on. Uh, I'm trying to get back on this week, and he is certainly not afraid to point out that the data show there are certainly some significant problems in terms of efficacy with these boosters and how long it lasts merely weeks if not uh, a few months and then are you just supposed to keep getting jabbed over and over and over again that's what i think is really happening here is the cdc and the fda are saying we can't be making people get you know five and six booster shots every year when a different variant comes out right it's just going to have to be normalized like the flu we are doing some vaccine stuff here, and in New York, their governor, Kathy Hochul, says she will not hire back or hire new unvaccinated healthcare workers despite the mandate being overturned. I don't think the answer is to make, have someone who comes in who's sick be exposed to someone who can give them the coronavirus. Give them COVID-19. I don't know that that's the right answer. In fact, I'm pretty sure it's not. So we're exploring our options. But I think everybody who goes into a healthcare facility or a nursing home should have the assurance, and their family members should know that we have taken all steps to protect the public health 
and that includes making sure those who come in contact with him at their time of most vulnerability, when they are sick or elderly, will not pass on the virus. But I cannot put people into harm's way, because when you go into a health care facility, you expect that you're not going to come out sicker than you went in. Yeah, so, except that the vaccines don't prevent transmission. Right. You can still get it. You can still spread it. So why isn't that interview, and it's floating around social media, why isn't that slapped with the misinformation tag? Are we still doing that? I haven't been keeping up with Elon and Twitter lately. I'll admit. Are we still doing the misinformation things? Because that's a clear example of it right there. You listen to that speech from the governor, you think that if your healthcare worker has been vaccinated, there is no way that they will spread COVID to you. That's not true. That's a total lie. Well, we want to talk about misinformation. <laughs> Remember when she told a bunch of Christian worshipers, God wants you to get vaccinated. <laughs> She's up there speaking for God now. God wants you to get the jab. Okay. That might be a little piece of misinformation as well. Maybe God wants you to make your own decision on what's best for your health. <laughs> She is a she is a weirdo, man. What happened to the necklace that said "vaxed"? Is that what it said? She had a, some necklace that just said "I love the vaccine" or something like that. Can somebody make her wear one that just says "nut"? Like she's a crazy <laughs> lunatic nut. That's what she is. Can we talk about? I know this is ridiculous, but this is a thing and it's trending. Some people think Damar Hamlin. The Buffalo Bills player is dead, and there's a body what? double going around the country trying to make it look like that he's alive. There's DeMar Hamlin truthers? DeMar Hamlin truthers <laughs> are out there. Boy, that would have to be a very vast uh, conspiracy, considering all the people that were involved in trying to save his life, his teammates, um, <laughs> the hundreds of millions of people that saw him pass out and then pop back up the medical staff the ambulance drivers the yeah they all have to be in on it all right let's just for argument's sake say that your friend is a damar hamlin truther <laughs> which is ridiculous <laughs> to say in itself you have to convince me that everybody is in on this including Bill's teammate Cole Beasley, who is a well-known anti-vaxxer, and although he's never really came really? out and said it, Cole Beasley, kind of a MAGA guy. So you, you know, think? the broadcasters have been at him. Sports writers that are super woke go at Cole Beasley. Do you think he would keep all this a secret? No, no, not at all. I didn't know he was a quote. Are you sure he's an anti-vax or he, just the, the, anti-vax he's, mandate? Like, okay, he did okay. not like you know people being told okay. to get gotcha. the vax, and of course in the NFL when you do that, you've got every woke sports writer yeah. in every city wagging his finger at You're you. You're a pariah, right? Yeah. They're threatening to drive you to the airport and take you to war somewhere. But also, I will say this: if you watch that Bengals and Bills game on Sunday. The network, and I think it was CBS, didn't do any favors for the people who feel like the truthers are morons. Because the only shots they got of Damar Hamlin were like really grainy pictures of him in the press box. Like it looked like the Zapruder no film of Kennedy, right? <laughs> We've got yeah. all these HD cameras. Like when they're 
having a Cowboys game, you can see what kind of shrimp Jerry Jones has, someone cleaning his glasses. But the biggest story in the world is in a press box, and I know that it's snowing, but all we got was like that Bigfoot footage where it's kind of grainy, <laughs> and he shows up on a golf cart, and you can't see his face. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think there's probably some other medical issues he might be having. And that's why, I mean, maybe he has some sort of paralysis that that went along with his condition in his face. Maybe he doesn't want people to see that. I mean, God, he was intubated. I mean, that could screw up a person's voice. Um, so maybe he's not giving interviews. There's probably a whole host of reasons why he doesn't want to be maybe physically on camera, much less giving uh, up close and personal interviews at this point. Maybe he's going to get paid for that first interview. Well, there's that. You know, like yeah. Chris Rock never talked about the slap yeah. until he had a big special prime time coming out, a live comedy show, yep. and I bet he makes a ton of money on that. All right, one more thing here. I know we're running long, but since we're going down this road of conspiracy theories, what was it you sent me earlier today about the Titanic? Oh, <laughs> this is so. This is the kind of information and entertainment and um, stuff you watch on TikTok. <laughs> this is a new TikTok video introduced a conspiracy theory that the Titanic never actually sank. Oh, they say it was another older boat that looked identical, and it was sunk so the company <laughs> could get the insurance money. So here is uh, Mia, a TikToker, going through the whole theory. The Olympic and the Titanic, they look identical. The Olympic was on the water for a while. Like, she was reaching retirement, and they knew that. And they were like, well, it was a lot of money to make the Titanic. And it's going to be even more money to repair the Olympics. So what if we just sent the Olympic out instead, sank that, claimed some insurance money, and then just scraps the Titanic like it was the Olympic for some spare parts? All right, so let me ask you this, Nigel. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. What happened to all those people that was drowned in the water and froze to death? Like, and James Cameron went down there with cameras and stuff, <laughs> yeah. and they've got artifacts from the Titanic. But let me just ask you this. If I told you one of these stories was true, which one would you believe? Damar Hanlon, truther, or the Titanic thing? Right. Which story, if uh, someone told you one of these is true, DeMar Hamlin has actually passed away and no. the Titanic never sank? <laughs> uh, I would say the Titanic never sank if I had to pick one. James, jump into conversation here. If yeah. one of those was true, which one would you believe? I would have to believe the Titanic, I think. I'm going DeMar Hamlin. I don't really? believe either, either one of them. No, I don't believe either <laughs> one of them either. But hit us up on Twitter, at Hammer and Nigel. If someone told you one of those two stories was real, now, note, we don't believe any of them are, but which one would you believe? Damar Hamlin or the Titanic? At Hammer and Nigel. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. Okay, so um, more on the incoming weather system here in just a few minutes. Uh, everything you need to know to keep you safe and warm and out of trouble. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Oscar nominations just hit today. Up for best picture. Avatars in there. The way the uh, water. Elvis is in there. Uh, the Fablemans, which is a Steven Spielberg sort of kind of movie about his life. And then Top Gun Maverick is is in there, which is it was always kind of surprising to me that like when movies that popular make it in, it's like usually the ones you've never heard of, like 
all quiet on the Western Front or the Banshees of Inisherin. The English always... Patient. Remember when the English Patient won? Nobody likes that movie. That movie sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, some movie named, I don't even know if I'm saying it right, Tar? Tear? <laughs> with a little... Got a little accent above I, the I A. I think that one's with uh, Kate Blanchett where she plays the um, the composer. But um, I, I think like like when you see popular movies like Top Gun Maverick, who just did excellent at the box office, and they're up for a bunch of awards. Tom Cruise snubbed for Best Actor, but they got they also got awards for Best like Adapted Screenplay, Best I, I think Score, Best Original Music, Best Editing, stuff like that. But I would love to see Best Picture. Uh, I would love to see it score Best Picture. I bet it's Avatar. Or maybe Elvis. I haven't seen Elvis. You've seen Elvis. I haven't. Like the guy that plays Elvis. Now he's up for best actor. He is phenomenal. I think his name is Austin Butler. He's really good. But Tom Hanks ruins the movie. There's too much Tom Hanks. He won't shut up, and he's fat. And I, it's <laughs> well, just it takes the life out of the movie, man. Austin Butler plays Elvis. Is uh, up for best actor. Colin Farrell, Brendan Fa- Fraser uh, for his role in the Whale. Um, He's the favorite from what I hear. And again, I don't see many movies, but I gamble a lot. And I'm looking at the numbers here, and they're saying Brendan Fraser is he, the guy. He to is. Be. He is. And he gave an amazing accept, accepted speech at another awards show last weekend. It was really, really good. He plays an obese guy trying to reconnect with his teenage daughter. Um but I, for the most part, the whale got kind of snubbed. Obese guy um, trying to connect with his teenage daughter. Isn't that George Conway? <laughs> that's really just a George Conway story, yeah, isn't it? Right. Wow. Uh, lead actress, best actress, Kate Blanchett. You guys are giving me crap for, for, for liking Kate Blanchett the other day. Like, I think she's a good female. I think she's a great actress. I mean, her role is... As Catherine Hepburn in The Aviator, I thought was awesome. Kate Blanchett could come in here and just take a dump on the floor, and I would have no idea who she was. And I know that makes me sound like the old get-off-my-lawn guy. Again, I just don't watch many movies. I watch TV series. I'll binge-watch stuff on Netflix. But it's really sports and news, man. That's all I watch. Um, Anna de Armas. Now, she was in the movie Blonde. That was a Netflix movie about Marilyn Monroe, and it was rated NC-17. So if you've not seen that, uh, put the kids to bed and take a gander. You know, back to Elvis for a second. The the Tom Hanks character that he played, even though Austin Butler who played Elvis is up for best actor, he, Tom Hanks is up for a, like a Razzie. You know what the Razzies are? They give awards to the worst movies and the worst acting performances of the year. Right. So you have that. That's kind of an interesting dynamic. Don't yeah, I mean, he was bad in that. I'm sorry. I and I and I, I like Elvis. I'm fascinated with it. My wife and I sit down, and once it became available to uh, stream or you know on demand, we watched it. Uh, he just sucks the life out of it. Need more Elvis, less Colonel Parker. Okay. That's all I'm saying. Now, since we had the announcement for all the nominees earlier today. Let's have great moments in Oscar announcement history. Let's go back to 2012 when Seth MacFarlane tried to warn us 
about Harvey Weinstein while announcing some Oscar nominees. The 2012 nominees for Best Performance by an Actress in a Supporting Role are Sally Field in Lincoln, Anne Hathaway in Les Miserables, Jackie Weaver in Silver Linings Playbook, Helen Hunt in The Sessions, and Amy Adams in The Master. Congratulations, you five ladies no longer have to pretend to be attracted to Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> and that was before all of the news broke. He tried to warn us. Seth MacFarlane in 2012. Top stories coming up next. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it. Anywhere from 4 to 12 inches of snow, expecting the fall, winter storm arriving late tonight. My name is Nigel, Jason Hammer right over there. Winter storm warning uh, kicking in later tonight. Nearly all of Indiana, probably some travel hazards are expected. The worst of it uh, during afternoon, I'm sorry, early morning commute tomorrow to work. Uh, When all is said and done... Uh, again, 4 to 12 inches in some parts. Uh, they're calling for snow in four, 4 to 12 inches. And the National Weather Service says some areas will get up to a foot. Most of the state will get close to closer to 4. The more north you are yeah. in the WIBC listing area, the more snow you will probably and this, get. And this is the heavy-duty thing about this. is That, that winter storm warning isn't sp- supposed to expire until 7 o'clock tomorrow night. Right. Now, usually, if you're a weather nerd, those expiration dates, usually they're about two or three hours on the safe side. So usually yeah. two or three hours prior, that's when things end. So don't be scared of the fact that it's 7 p.m. tomorrow. Well, you, you just heard the news um, uh, say that there's still going to be snow through lunch tomorrow. So you and I, I mean, the people that have to get out and have to go to work tomorrow are going to get the worst of it. But you and I get here 10, 11 o'clock every day, and it's still it still might be uh, uh bit of a problem getting in from wherever uh, you're coming from. So here's what I want you to do. When you wake up tomorrow, whether you've got kids, grandkids that are going to school, or you've got to go somewhere, you're going to work or whatever the case may be, turn on WIBC. Matt Bear will have you covered with the roads. Tony Katz will give you all the information that you need. 93 WIBC. Tony in the morning. Then Rob and Casey will take over. Nige and I will be back tomorrow and we'll keep you up to date with this winter storm making its way through Indy. We've got some other news and I think we have legal stuff. Crime. Punishment. Judges. Legal stuff. So the guy that used to sit in this very chair, Nige, our former midday guy, Mike Pence, he also has some classified documents (laughs) at his house. At this point, who doesn't? I mean, Jimmy Carter's probably got classified documents uh, you know, underneath his bed somewhere, or like right next to his orthopedics. Bill Clinton has a roll of toilet paper that's nothing but classified <laughs> documents. Uh, so yeah, well, a Pence lawyer digging around his house in Carmel slash Zionsville found some classified documents. And Mike Pence I, self-reported himself. So he was the one that said, allow hey. myself to self-report myself. That's such a weenie move. I'll hide it, Mike. Come on. Hide the stuff. <laughs> Don't tell them anything. See, this is why 
I think when you try to work and cross party lines and you try to work with the political left, and Mike Pence has tried to do that from time to time, you have to be very careful because these people will lump you into the same category as the others they're trying to bring down. You know, I, I've said from Trump to Pence to, to now, I don't really care about these the classified materials in and of itself. But when the Trump... Biden stuff was going on. There was such a double standard in the media. Right. With how it was treated. With Trump, it's national alarm, you know, four alarm, national emergency, national security, nuclear codes are being sold. With Biden, it's like, eh, you know, he didn't know. He's an old man. He didn't know what was going on. And now with, with, with Vice President Pence... We'll see how we'll see how the media treats Pence. Now the, the CNN. I bet it's tougher than Biden. The, the press conferences that Corinne Jean Pierre has with the press, those, those are the ones that are tough. They've been tough on her because they're like they're not being very transparent in terms of the classified documents, what's in those documents, how Hunter Biden may have been involved with those documents, money transferring hands from Hunter Biden, 10% to the big guy, the Hunter Biden laptop, China, Ukraine. I want to know what's in those documents for sure. But but I, I'm interested to see what the media reaction now is going to be with Vice President Pence. Why was Mar-a-Lago the only place that was raided? Okay, so now we've got a lot of people with classified documents. Biden's got some in a garage. Uh, Mike Pence has got some in his house. Trump's got some at Mar-a-Lago. Only one person had an all systems go, all points bulletin FBI raid, and that was Donald Trump. When is Obama going to have the FBI show up to just take a look around? That's a former president. If your vice president had classified documents, it might be worth looking around. Casa de Obama. True. Uh, I would not be surprised if there's some documents. But at least, at least Obama... I mean, there's precedence for for presidents right. having. Yes, vice presidents have access to classified material while in office. After that, you get nothing. You don't have custody. Uh, I'm just saying, where's give, the FBI gotta, raids at? Right. But you got to give everything back. Look, I think this means, here's what this means for Sleepy Joe. I think it means uh, he's basically off the hook. There's a little bit of a reprieve now. Uh, look, look, you know, look, we all do it. Me, Trump, Pence, it's all happened to the best of us. We don't know. So if if you thought, if you thought the classified document scandal, and it is a scandal for for Biden, uh, it, it may not be the straw to break the Biden 2024 campaign's back. It may not be the straw you thought it was. And by the way, Pence has hopes and dreams of 2024 as well. Everything you said is correct. You're 100% right. But for me, it just comes down to why did one guy who's got the ability to declassify that stuff have an FBI raid yeah. come to his house and go through his wife's panty drawer looking for some sort of documents <laughs> Biden's got some next to some oily rags in the WD-40 in his garage. Mike Pence has got some probably next to some old WIBC and Network Indiana air check tapes, but we're fine there. <laughs> Nobody wants to do that kind of stuff. And uh -huh. I don't know, tinfoil hat here. I think the yeah, I press like is being tough on Corinne Jean-Pierre because they know this is their chance to 
get rid of Joe Biden. If he's not their nominee, Gracie Gavin Newsom can come up, and he's a much better candidate. Right now, if you're the Democrats, Gavin Newsom gives you a better chance to win an election than Joe Biden does. He's got a better chance to win than Kamala Harris does. Maybe Pete Buttigieg is the only one in this administration that would have a puncher's chance against old Greasy Gavin in California. This is their opportunity. Putting that tinfoil hat on here. Uh, Mike Pence, he did an interview a couple months back with ABC News. I think it was with Daniel Muir, and he talked about classified documents. you take any classified documents with you from the White House? Uh, I, I did not. Ooh. <laughs> Do you see any reason for anyone to take classified documents with them leaving the White House? Well, there'd be no reason to have classified documents, particularly if they were in an unprotected area. <laughs> I bet. Ooh. I, bet. I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see the reason Pence comes up with now. I bet he's got a reason now. <laughs> oh, those classified documents. Oh, oh, wait documents. a minute. Oh, oh, I just, I forgot. It did seem like he hesitated there a little bit when the guy asked him, did you take any classified documents with you? Oh, uh, uh, uh no, no. no. <laughs> you sounded like uh, Ted Knight and Caddyshack. Billy, Billy, Billy. That was pretty good. I didn't mean to, but okay, I'll take it. So, Ghislaine uh, Maxwell, man. if that name rings a bell, it's because she was part of the pedophile ring led by Jeffrey Epstein. She was kind of his love interest slash she would procure, right-hand woman. She would procure the underage talent and bring them to the island. Right. She would befriend these underage girls, make them think they were, uh, you know, her little sisters. He, she, was the, she was the older, cooler gal, and she would groom them and prepare them for uh, Jeffrey Epstein and all the perverts who we don't know who they were. We no longer, we don't have a list of who was there at the island. She's, uh, she's the only one in jail. I was chatting with uh, my friend Tim during the commercial break, and he sends me a message. So let me get this straight. Congress is grilling Ticketmaster today about Taylor Swift prices, but we don't know who was on the list for Pedophile Island. We are so screwed as a nation. Like, our priorities are so out of whack. But she did an interview, a jailhouse interview, and she was asked- Hold on, wait, 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 wait. She's still alive? She's still alive. (laughs) She hasn't been suicided? Apparently, the Clintons don't know exactly which cell she's in yet. But uh, she was asked the million-dollar question, did Jeffrey Epstein commit suicide? No, he didn't. I don't believe he did. I believe that he was uh, murdered. Well, shocked. And I wondered how it had happened. Because um, as far as I was concerned, he was going to... I was sure he was going to appeal. And I was sure that he was covered under the non-prosecution agreement. Non-prosecution agreement caught my attention. And she also says he was planning to appeal. Guys planning to appeal don't commit suicide. Not that any of us think he really committed suicide. Let's be honest. That was I don't a, think he did. I don't think he did either. Um, too many coincidences went down for that to happen. Two idiot security guards fell asleep. They don't have the uh, tape. 
Uh, there were there were people that are experts in the field, like coroners and stuff, that looked at it and said, "Yeah, that's not uh, that, that doesn't look like somebody that hung himself with his shoestrings." Right. Too many things going on there, but that little line that she said there at yeah. the end, prosecution protection. Again, it floors me, and we talk about this a lot. The two biggest things that have happened in this country in the last 10 years, the shooting in Las Vegas, the biggest mass shooting on one of the most famous streets in all of the world, everybody just washes their hands of it. We don't know. No motive. Don't ask any questions. And Jeffrey Epstein. Listen, I don't care if it's Republicans, Democrats, whoever. You find out who's on that list. We have a list. Unseal it. The fact that it's sealed up and it was the prosecution, Lincoln Lyon, James Comey's daughter, that demanded it be sealed up. Man, this whole thing stinks to hell. A man that smells very good is Matt Bear. Mm. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Nigel presents is It depends upon what the meaning of the word is yeah. Is this anything on 93 WIPC Hammer, how do we play? Is this anything? I got a couple stories that I'm going to run by you You break down the information and tell us if the stories are anything or not Okay I think I already know the answer to this question But... Do you guys want to hear what it sounds like when a 30-pound frozen iguana falls on a guy's head doing yoga? (laughs) Of course. Do I? From there, we'll simply roll up. Lift your hips and just hold for one, two, three. Dump. Ah! You gotta, you, I gotta hear that again. Just be prepared for it. I mean, you could actually hear the thing. From there, we'll simply roll up, lift your hips, and just hold for one, two. So that's what it sounds like when a frozen iguana falls on a guy doing yoga outdoors in Florida, huh? Is that anything? That's definitely something. He's okay. Iguanas in Florida have been known to go and do a, I don't know what you call it, like a, tata, a, a state of temporary paralysis when the temperature is like 50 and under. They're not dead. They just, and they tell you not to pick them up. They tell you not to, if you see an iguana just laying on the side of the road or in your yard, don't touch it, especially if it's been under 50 degrees, which it has been kind of cool in Florida. Uh, not recently, but over uh, over December for sure. They just fall to the ground. 
and they're just catatonic, right? Like the grandparents yeah. in Weird Science. Yeah. <laughs> right. Is that my grandparents? <laughs> what are they doing in here? Uh, he's okay. The uh, the guy was. Uh, I mean, the fact that they're doing outdoor yoga in that kind of weather too. I mean, is is I mean th- that normally only happens when the temperature is fifty below or fifty or fifty degrees below. So. Right now, Florida's um, weird right now because parts of southern Florida, yeah, from like well, Orlando down, is like eighty. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then up by the Panhandle, and you go over to like the Jacksonville area, it's you know still fifty Dude, plus. We went to uh, Boca there on the Atlantic side a couple of. Uh, uh, I think for my wife's for our for our anniversary, you know, maybe it was her fortieth birthday, and um, and and it go on, they get into the power lines and transformers and stuff down there, and they will knock out city blocks. We were without power our last night, like fell asleep in the hotel room, and there was no power from like midnight until we had to go to the airport the next morning because of a stupid iguana. Yep. It wasn't because of Kim Jong Un no, or Putin. No hacking. No, nothing like that. Iguana. Man, thirty pound anything falling on that your head. Hurt. They're huge. Those things yeah. are giant. Yeah, they're big boys. Anything thirty pounds falling on your head though can't feel good. Uh, is this anything? A wild turkey in Minnesota has become <laughs> famous over the last few years for terrorizing a mobile home community. <laughs> Stop laughing, you insensitive bastard. The f- for the past few years, a wild turkey has become famous for terrorizing a mobile home community. Let's hear from some of the locals. Goes up my stairs and tries to get in my house. When I leave in the car, follows me in my car. It gets on the back of my husband's truck and follows me. It rode to Chipotle with me one time. I have to carry my broom and my water bottle and my golf club with me everywhere I go. Like, we can't have people over. We can't have a barbecue. The kids that walk to the bus stop every morning, I have to come out and help them. But now they're smart and they carry sticks. Yeah, why don't you eat the thing, you idiots? Kill it. Where's Eddie? He usually eats these GD things. <laughs> Why? Yeah, you, you is it? I don't know. There might be some weird wildlife law in Minnesota that doesn't allow you to do that. So you just have uh, to be attacked by the damn turkey. The, the, that's why I was laughing. It, it's become this turkey is famous <laughs> because for years it's been terrorizing a trailer park in Minnesota. <laughs> it's like going to the lake, you know, with Jason Voorhees yeah. running around. He's been terrorizing this place for years. We'll do something about it. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. You're 
listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. And we will be keeping uh, up to date on the weather situation. Big weather system, big storm coming through Indy, and we will have all the latest, everything you need to know uh, throughout the night and day here on the Hammer and Nigel Show. Tony Katz, uh, Casey, uh, Rob Kendall, and Casey will all have uh, everything you need to know. And we'll be speaking with uh, we'll be speaking with Marcus Bailey from Wish TV Meteorologist coming up at five o'clock with an update. Right now, Hammer, we have a special guest on the DriveHubler dot com hotline. New York Times best-selling author and all-around American badass. I think that's the best way to introduce Brad Taylor. Brad, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. You got it. Now, for those who aren't familiar with your background, New York Times bestselling author, but also 21-year vet of the United States Army Infantry, retired lieutenant colonel, eight years with the first Special Forces Operation Delta. So you like to take your life experiences and put them into your books. Tell me about the new one, Devil's Ransom. Yeah, well, I, I actually don't put anything in the books that I've actually experienced because most of that stuff's classified. Uh, but you can't help but put your own experiences into a book. If you're going to write a book about riding a bicycle, you'd think about the last bike you rode. So right. it does infuse it, but I don't have anything, you know, real-world stuff in there. Uh, this book came about because I was uh, I saw a story about a, a company in Israel called NRO made a malware program called Pegasus which is zero click, and it basically turns any Android or iPhone into a listening device, turn the camera on, see where you're traveling, geolocate you, all that kind of stuff. And they were only selling it to what they called, quote-unquote, good guys. And um, now the Mexican drug cartel is using it, and I saw a story about UAE was using it with a thing called Project Raven, which is run by a bunch of ex-national uh, security guys, NSA guys, uh, that were American citizens, and they started targeting journalists and eventually started targeting American citizens themselves. Uh, and I, as I was starting to do the research on that, I then ran into ransomware, and I thought, you know, ransomware right now is a huge problem, but it's usually done through social engineering. Somebody's got to click on a bad link. Someone's got to get tricked with a Google page or something like that. And I thought, you know, if they made ransomware zero-click like that Pegasus software, we'd be in a world of hurt. And that kind of started the story going. You know, what I uh, we've talked to guys that are you know security experts before Brad on uh, you know hacking and and cybersecurity and. Did you run into anything where, like the the thing that surprised me when I when I was learning about some of this stuff, like when they get into the hospital systems or school districts or power companies, is that the, okay? Th- they have your information, they have your money, they get you on lockdown. These these hackers, these ransomware people, but they also have a helpline. <laughs> so so in other words, if you if you're going to pay, and some some of these some of these you know hospital systems and, and power companies have paid, there's a helpline that you can call to you know oh, yeah. if you're having problems with with getting them the cryptocurrency or or getting them the ransom that that you could call a helpline and somebody's very polite and they will help you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the ransomware gangs just gotten so pronounced now that there are actual gangs who develop the malware but don't actually hack anybody. And then there's another gang that yeah. will rent the malware yeah. from the first gang, use it to, to and, they, and they target life support systems. You mentioned some, you know, when a hospital gets hit and all the patients are going to die, you're going to pay. Uh, and same, you know, with the, uh, the electrical grid, colonial pipeline hack, they hit some meat, uh, the meat, largest meat packers in the world on two different continents. They took down the uh, country of Costa Rica for like three days by hitting the capital there. 
We're speaking with Brad Taylor. Uh, the book is out. It's called The Devil's Ransom. It is now available. Um, previously, I know you get into, like, getting into character is the term like an actor would use. I don't know what the proper term is for an author, but you try to get the lay of the land before you write a book. Did this book take you anywhere specific? Oh, yeah. We traveled uh, all over the country, Croatia. There's there's not a spot in this book that I hadn't set my boots on. So, you know, when Pike Logan, my main character, if he gets lost in Korchula, that's because I got lost in Korchula. I started out in Zagreb, rented a car, just drove all the way down the coast, hitting every town that was there until I ended up in Dubrovnik and then flew home from Dubrovnik. And the opening of this new book, it deals with Afghanistan. Now, we go back almost a year and a half ago to the horrific debacle of what happened in Afghanistan trying to withdraw did is it fair to say that it's almost like when you watch those TV movies ripped from the headlines that's kind of in play here yeah I actually wasn't going to write about Afghanistan because it's kind of uh, it's kind of raw for me it's a raw for a lot of veterans mm-hmm. who served there yeah. and uh, uh, I, I still kept up with it I was following it minute by minute as it was going on and I ran across a story about something called the Bactrian treasure, which is a real thing. So back in the late 70s, a Soviet archaeologist found this tomb, and inside the tomb was a bunch of gold from all over the Silk Road, Serbian daggers and Chinese emeralds and Greek stuff, and it was this huge treasure. Well, then the Soviets invaded Afghanistan, and then when they left, the treasure itself became kind of a big thing, kind of like the King Tut of Afghanistan. When they left, the treasure disappeared, and everybody just assumed the Soviets took it. That was it. They got it. Well, then we, you know, fast forward 2001, we take out the Taliban, the government gets formed up, and this guy comes out of nowhere and says, hey, i got to show you guys something. And he unlocks a vault underneath the main bank inside Kabul, and he had hidden the treasure and not told a soul about it, and had been there the entire time. So now it goes on a King Tut tour of its own. It goes to China and Paris and San Francisco. It's on a world tour. Ends up back in the presidential palace. And then we start to leave Afghanistan in, you know, a rapid manner, as we may remember, and the treasure disappeared again. And the Taliban were talking about, we're going to lop somebody's head off unless you tell us where this treasure is. And that picked my interest enough that I was like, okay, I can open a scene with that. Hey, Brad, we'll get back to the book in just a second. I, I want to ask you some questions about some, some real-life stuff that could happen with the nation's power grid and stuff. But i got to ask you, I mean, you, you have such a decorated career, uh, 21-year veteran. Thank you for your service. Uh, you were part of uh, Delta, popularly known as Delta Force. Did Chuck Norris play you in the Delta Force in that 86 movie? Is that where that came from? (laughs) That's my favorite movie. Rockets on the motorcycle? Come on. (laughs) Rockets on the motorcycle. So, in other words, you're saying your experience in Delta Force probably nowhere near similar to the uh, Hollywood version. The Chuck Norris experience. <laughs> no. hey, Not anywhere near it. <laughs> so so talk about so talk about your research in terms of of how ransomware, how hackers could cripple this nation. Like when we were talking about the power grid, it, it, it's happened with um, uh, pipelines, I, I believe, in the past couple of years. Um, yeah, the has some, pipeline. Yeah, the, it's happened. I don't know necessarily what happened with the FAA recently. Um, I, I know uh, there, you know, Southwest obviously has some antiquated software problems, but how vulnerable is the nation's power grid to an attack like that? It's it's kind of a, a good news, bad news story. Uh, the good news is the power grid we have is so ad hoc, it's not a central thing. Uh, there's an East Coast grid, West Coast grid, Texas has its own grid, and they're all kind of hodgepodge together. 
So it, it's almost impossible to take down our nation's power grid. But each one of those exchanges, the bad news is they all have antiquated systems, and they're easy yeah. to penetrate. So it would be, it would be able to, you would be able to knock out a significant portion of some cities, but you wouldn't be able to take down the whole grid just because we put it together so ad hoc it just wouldn't jump the chain and go to the next one. Brad, with your writings, have you ever ticked somebody off? Because you're writing about some things that are in the headlines. Again, it's not 100%. You're using a character. You've got stories. But at the same time, these are things that have kind of happened, ripped from the headlines. Have you ticked people off? Have you made people mad? Yeah, I, I'm never going to Russia, I'll tell you that. I wrote uh, <laughs> Ghosts of War in 2014 which was, believe it or not, Putin, and I used his real name. I thought for sure my publisher would say, you can't use a real name. Nobody changed it. So I had Putin in there who was going to invade Ukraine. Wow. Uh, that was the whole plot line uh, in 2014. And uh, after I got done, you know, Putin's a bad guy in the book, obviously. And I thought, well, I guess I'm not going to Russia anytime soon. Well, yeah, they, I mean, they started that invasion in, in 2014. And, and look at where we're at now. I'm wondering what you think of what you're seeing out of Russia uh, as, as somebody that that worked in the ar- that that is has been in the armed yeah. forces, I'll tell you that the, the Ukraine really surprised me. Number one, I was actually on my last book tour a year ago, uh, and I got asked a question about Ukraine, and I said I don't think Putin's going in. I think it's a bluff. He does. They call them Zapod exercises. He does them once every four years or so. We had this huge massing on the border. Uh, even in my book, uh, Ghosts of War, I use the Zapod exercise as an excuse to mass on the border. Um, and I thought, you know, he's he's not going to go in. And then the question was, if he does go in, what happens? And I said, well, if he goes in, they're going to crush Ukraine because it doesn't matter how bad your army is. Mass counts. Mass means something. If you have 10 guys and I have one, that no matter how bad the 10 are, that means something. I was wrong on both counts. He went in and Ukraine did a really, really good job uh, defending it. The main thing that stuck with me was that they tried to seize the airfield right outside of Kiev because they wanted a lily pad to go into Kiev. If they'd got that airfield, Ukraine would have fallen. But somehow the Ukrainians with pitchforks and sweatpants kept them out of the airfield. We had the 40-mile-long convoy trying to get in, and they got obliterated. And next thing you know, they're on the run. The Devil's Ransom is the new book, I believe, out today from Brad Taylor. Uh, yeah. Brad, who who is Pike Logan, and, and what is Task Force? And then I'm going to ask you a follow-up about your your character that you write about Pike Logan. Uh, Pike Logan's kind of an amalgamation of uh, people I've served with. Okay. I like to say people always say, are you Pike Logan? I said, no, I'm not Pike Logan. There's, uh, if you looked at the PGA Tour, there's probably 1% of the planet that could play on the PGA Tour. Uh, there's Tiger Woods and Roy McIlroy. That's Pike Logan. There's a guy that's 100th on the money list. He's playing in the PGA Tour, but nobody knows his name. That's pretty much where I was. And, okay, so my follow-up to that. So Okay, so there are really people in the military. Like, I know Pike Logan is a fictional character, but there are real people that are highly skilled highly trained working incredibly dangerous in in environments these are guys that you don't hear a lot about that are either anonymous or undercover they're they're really guys like your fictional character in the military oh yeah i've served with them i can tell you that right now i commanded them i mean i was the commander of the unit and the guys that i was leading were like pike logan's there are a bunch of them not as many as we need but they're there wow Brad Taylor, the book is out, A Devil, The Devil's Ransom, a Pike Logan novel. Where can we get the book at? Uh, it sounds like a TV commercial. You can get it wherever books are sold. So <laughs> right anywhere on. there's books being sold, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, wherever, it's there. 
Brad, thank you so much Thanks, for Brad. your service. Thank you for joining us here in Indianapolis. And uh, again, the book sounds fantastic. I uh, can't wait to read it. Yeah, thank you. And if anybody wants to read an excerpt of that book or any of my books, they can go to my website at bradtaylorbooks.com and get a taste of what the book's about to begin with. Thank you so much. Winter storm warning in effect beginning at 1 a.m. and going until 7 p.m. tomorrow. Right now, though, we're good. Sunshine and 43 at the American Standard Heating Weather Center at 93 WIBC. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. Wow, that's really loud. What kind of time? I should have asked you this off the air, James. What kind of time are we working with here? 5530? 56.50. Oh, 56.50. Okay, real quick, Hammer. There's a section on Reddit. I know you love Reddit. <laughs> there's also some there's also some funny topics and stuff. There's a section on Reddit called Ask Women. And someone asked them to name the weirdest place a guy's ever taken them on a date. Some of the highlights include two weeks into dating, a guy took a girl to his grandpa's funeral and introduced her as his quote special friend. Hmm. Uh, guy drove a woman to a Taco Bell parking lot and they watched the animated movie Sausage Party on his phone. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like something you do. <laughs> Don't knock it until you've tried it. By so, the way, it totally worked. Somebody, some creep took a woman to an adult bookstore and tried to get her to watch a movie with him in their gross theater room. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, a guy picked a woman up for dinner after she chose the restaurant. Then he drove the wrong direction for 30 minutes before she said anything. It turned out he didn't know where the place was and didn't want to admit it. Okay, that's dumb. Yeah, Let me yeah. See. I, Wait, you're uh, going to have to really wow me to beat Taco Bell sausage party guy. <laughs> How about this? A guy's supposed to take the chick bowling for their first date. Instead, he took her to his mom's house and helped decorate his mom's bedroom. Helped decorate his mom's bedroom. Yeah, but that's also yeah. not a porn theater, though. Like, Taco Bell sausage party and porn theater, really, there's just something unsavory about those stories. Uh, let's see. A guy took a woman to an empty shipping container in the middle of nowhere for their first date, and he said he wanted to buy it for her and turn it into a house. So that could have ended way yeah. different. Like, that had, like, horror movie written all over it. A guy took a woman to a strip club the first time they went out and they tried to get strippers numbers while he was out of the date with her now to be I, fair take some cojones kevin durant there's a story i think it was in the new york post that kevin durant of the brooklyn nets went on a date with someone but also brought a stripper in case the date didn't work out <laughs> he had a backup date in case it didn't work oh, out man i had one of the worst I, I did one of the worst things ever uh when i like younger my 20s x103 uh took this chick that was way out of my league out and one of our first dates was like uh i took her home and we watched godfather one and two one and two. I mean, this is a chick that didn't have never seen Godfather. Not interested in it at all. But I was oh. trying to explain it to her. That's like seven hours worth she, of movie. No, like we kind of made out, and that was it. That's all that came out of it. And uh, never, like I was supposed to pick her up on a date the next day, and she ghosted me. I'm surprised. Yeah, seven uh, hours worth of mafia movies didn't do it. Nope, not not for her. It didn't. Top story is next. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta. 
ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock! My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there. Winter storm warning for nearly all of Indiana. Travel hazards are expected. Looking at it like 4 to 12 inches of snow, Hammer, depending on where you are in the state. Listen, if we're going to do this, let's do that right. All right. Fire up the alert. Here oh, we no. go. I got to get the bread and milk. Warning. Warning. They said snow. Weather alert. <laughs> I gotta get the bread of milk. Snow is coming to India. I gotta get the bread of milk. Oh my god. Always uh, appreciate Marcus Beatty, uh, Bailey, meteorologist for Wish TV, coming back on the air with us, giving us an update. Any changes? I, I know you were on the air with us yesterday, Marcus. Any changes yeah. uh, from the forecast yesterday that are significant uh, compared to what they are now? I'll be honest with you, and with a system like this, when you're dealing with kind of a fine line, surprisingly, no. Um, you know, the winter storm warning kind of set up exactly where we put that four to eight inch swath. Um, and you mentioned that there could be a few isolated areas that could be a little bit higher if you get some heavier rates of snow. So, no, Nige, no significant changes uh, since yesterday, which is pretty surprising considering the track. I mean, if this would have swayed. 20 miles north or 20 miles south, it could have made a huge difference on both precip type and snowfall amounts. So, Marcus, how are things going to go down the next six hours here? Okay, so uh, the rest of your evening here, your Tuesday evening is quiet. Um, I don't think we're going to see any precipitation in the state, the entire state, until around midnight. Um, So if you're going to that Pacers game tonight, Marcus, if you're going to go see the Pacers and Bulls, when you're leaving, everything should still be good. You should still be good. You should still be good. Uh, could there be a few sprinkles, like liquid, you know, rain sprinkles, possibly? But, um, you know, I think that's kind of the early onset. But, look, I think when this thing gets going, and I think it's probably going to be closer to midnight or maybe a little bit after that here in the Indy Metro, we're briefly going to start this off as rain. We're mild enough for that. And then we really will quickly flip the switch. Sometime probably around 2 or 3 in the morning is when we go all out snow. And when we flip the switch, it's going to be pretty heavy snow. So, so, um, so what you're saying is all the pre-salting I'm going to do when I get home is going to be washed away well, by uh, rain before the snow comes? Well, I don't know if we're going to have a long duration rain. Okay, okay. I wouldn't necessarily say that. But in saying that, this is going to be one of those snows that, and to your point, um, this isn't going to be like your fine, powdery, easy to blow around snow. I mean, this is going to be like stopping wet, heavy, uh, super saturated snow, right? Like you can pack it in really quick. 
Um, and that's going to be pretty much through the duration of this event. Um, but again, we're going to flip that switch probably around two or three o'clock in the morning. And as I mentioned earlier to you guys, I think we get this in a couple of waves. Wave number one will be overnight through around probably uh, 6 a.m. or so. And then we may actually kind of get a little bit of a mixture of sleet and snow. It kind of lightens up maybe a little bit. But I think even at that point, guys, we're going to be talking probably about three, maybe even four inches of snowfall on the ground by that point as we get up for the morning drive. Mm-hmm. And then wave number two will be in here probably in that 8 a.m. time frame to noon or maybe a little bit after that. And that's going to be another period of heavy snowfall where we could get another three or four plus inches of snowfall that will tack on to that. So a couple of ways that you need to be worried about. But obviously it's going to highly impact uh, the morning drive and any traveling you got to do at any point tomorrow morning. Marcus, what kind of winds are we looking at here? Because in the past, you could have just a little bit of snow. But if those winds kick up, they start blowing it around all over the place, makes visibility a problem. Are we looking at winds being an issue? Yes, like not exceptionally strong. Like, you know, I'm thinking back to, you know, the most recent type of wound up storm like this would have been the 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 friday storm before christmas we all remember how cold it got it was super windy i don't think we're talking winds like that but um i do think you could probably get gusts around 30 miles per hour um now that's going to kind of blow that snow sideways when it's coming down but as as i previously mentioned hammer this is going to be a really like overly saturated snow so i'm not overly concerned with major blowing and drifting because it's going to be so weighted down by the moisture content. Uh, But certainly you're going to kind of have that as the snow is falling, you've got gusts up to around 30, 25 to 30 miles per hour. Certainly could make visibilities extremely difficult with the heavy rates of snow we expect. Uh, overnight and then again uh, during the uh, morning hours tomorrow. Yeah. So and so one more time too. So early yeah. morning hours, uh, a.m. drive to work is going to be bad. Uh, the yeah. time period, like when Hammer and I come to work, it's like ten or eleven yeah. o'clock. That's that's not going to be good either. And and, um, and talk about afternoon drive back home yeah. tomorrow. It still might be a problem. So I think there's still going to be some snow around, and I don't want to say it's going to be great. Um, I think there's still going to be, you know, it's going to come with its own problems in the afternoon. However, um, I do think the snow rates lighten up. Um, You're still probably going to have enough that coats the road. You're still going to have many slick spots. I think the one thing that kind of works to our advantage here is, you know, unlike a lot of systems we get, we usually turn very cold on the back end of these storm systems. We're not. We're going to hover right around or maybe even just above freezing all day long tomorrow, guys. So what that means is, you know, the plows are going to be out working all morning, all day, even as the snow's falling and treating the roads. Those chemicals work a lot better when it's closer to freezing. So that's one thing that's to our advantage. They're going to be trying to clear those roads off as well. So while the roads may not be perfect, I do think they're going to be substantially better, um, I would assume anyway, substantially better than what we would expect that we're going to have for our morning drive because we will be in the middle of the heavy snowfall as people are heading off to work tomorrow morning. Marcus Bailey is a meteorologist for Wish TV 8, our news gathering partners. Now, Marcus, the last time we got some accumulating snow, we mm-hmm. dealt with it. It was super cold. But yeah. then, like, four or five days later, the temperatures warmed up and all of the snow yeah. melted away pretty quickly. Are we going to have anything like that, or is it going to be cold, and is this stuff going to be on the ground for a while? It may be around. I mean, I think there's going to be some melting going on because, like I said, you know, we're not getting a rush of Arctic air on the back end 
that we typically see with some of these bigger storm systems that come in. You get some much colder Canadian air on the wraparound, but we don't see that at least initially here. Now, we we may struggle to get above freezing on Thursday, and we'll have some scattered snow showers. I think I have a high of around 31 on Thursday, but I got us back into the mid-30s on Friday. So there's going to be some melting going on, and even this weekend, I think I had a high of 37 both days, Saturday and Sunday. Now, that said, it does appear that we're going to start flipping the pattern a little bit, and what I mean by that is – for the first time in a while, I think we're going to turn much colder, and that could come as early as Monday. It looks like we may have another system that brings some rain and then flipping the snow on Sunday, and highs may only be in the 20s next week. So if we don't get everything melted, say, by Sunday, whatever snow is left on the ground is probably going to be here for a little while because it does look like the longer-term pattern for the end of January does look pretty chilly. All right, Marcus, one more time in case somebody just got in their car. Mm -hmm. We're looking at tonight, uh, after midnight, that's when the snow is going to come down. And then the morning drive tomorrow, it's going to be a mess. Uh, Midday could be another round coming in. And then this winter storm expires at 7. Did I miss anything there? Nope, you hit everything right. Again, just, you know, use caution. I know a lot of people, I mean, you guys, myself, we don't get two-hour delays, and a lot of people don't either. So just give yourself lots and lots of time and room when you're heading out tomorrow morning because it is going to be pretty rough and really our first significant morning commute with, with snow like this. So, you know, take your time to get where you need to go. And uh, hopefully the afternoon, while it won't be perfect, should be hopefully a little bit better. We're going to have coverage tomorrow. Matt Bear is going to be in the traffic center. You're going to have coverage on Wish TV. What time do you get started? I'll be there at 4 a.m. to kind of get things rolling here, and we'll be right in the heart of it, guys. Marcus Bailey, Wish TV 8. Marcus, thank you. Thanks, Marcus. All right. Thanks, guys. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. All right, Hammer, you know more about this one than I do. I did not know there was a possible brewing feud between former Indiana Pacer Jalen Rose and sports commentator Stephen A. Smith. So there's a lot going on here. Now, we'll get to the personal stuff here in just a moment. Jalen Rose works for ESPN now. Correct. As a commentator. And he does a lot of stuff with ABC, which is owned by ESPN, all under the Disney umbrella, uh, does some of their NBA coverage. So Jalen Rose put out some very passive, aggressive tweets, clearly about Stephen A. Smith, but he didn't tag or mention Stephen A. Smith. So the first one, this is a tweet from Jalen Rose, quote, So glad I didn't make a career of content pretending to fake troll the Cowboys. Because if you know anything about Stephen A. Smith, he's a big Eagles fan. And Michael Irvin, the playmaker, former Cowboy, is on his television show. So he runs all kinds of trash about the Cowboys. Mean tweets and and videos. And and, and when Skip Bayless was on ESPN. Right. He's a huge Cowboys fan. They used to go at it pretty uh, heavy so Stephen a smith is like the philly guy so he trolls the cowboys all the time so jalen rose tweets so glad i didn't make a career of content pretending to fake troll the cowboys after a couple people called him out saying hey tag the guy that you're trying to be a tough guy against rose tweets again no at needed damn near all shows selling clowns this like it's quality content you, duh, fool. I have no idea what that means. 
And now again, they both work for ESPN. Correct. Right? Now, this one might be the the one that somebody has a conversation with in the HR department at ESPN. Jalen Rose, quote, preying on the audience being dumb and lazy and low-hanging fruit. All part of this tweet storm against Stephen A. Smith. Now, you're probably asking yourself, where did this come from? You know, Jalen Rose is a Michigan guy. He's a Lions fan. He's, you know, why would he care about the Cowboys being trolled? Has nothing to do with that. It's everything about Stephen A. Smith because there are rumors that Stephen A. Smith is the reason Jalen Rose's marriage to ESPN host Molly Karam fell apart. Guess who the host is on Stephen A. Smith's program? Yeah, it's Molly. Molly. In a GQ interview, Jalen Rose was asked about that. Uh, He says, quote, I'm not here to speak for what he does in his personal life or what she does in her personal life. We still 100. I would just say for the people that thought we parted ways because they have a relationship, I've got Swampland in Detroit to sell you. So he's not (laughs) on board saying that's the reason his marriage fell apart. But there's a lot of folks that say Stephen A. Smith and Molly are an item now, and that's rubbing Jalen well, Rose the wrong be, way. That's obvious. It's got to be. I mean, Jalen Rose is going after one of the highest paid sports commentators and writers in the industry. Probably the franchise at ESPN Absolutely. right now. Absolutely. And for another guy within the organization to go after him like that on Twitter, and it's pretty cowardly not to put him in the tweets not to tag him right right just do it just go do it um Stephen a smith just, your thoughts on jalen rose stay off the damn weed <laughs> i want to go back to something that jalen rose put in a tweet quote praying on the audience being dumb all right jalen rose calling somebody dumb is like OJ telling somebody, you need to be better to women. Jalen Rose, for all of the amazing things he did in a Pacer uniform, quite possibly one of the dumbest people in sports. And I've got proof (laughs) to back this up here because he loves to be a hot take machine. This is what Jalen Rose said on the air when a lot of the protests were happening in the summer of love. Here's the thing. Black Lives Matter protests well that's an interesting take that's a it's a great way to put that out there except for this one problem jacob blake's alive <laughs> jacob blake was not killed by the police jalen rose <laughs> he's very much alive he got a settlement didn't he <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, And then, of course, there was the Celebrity Jeopardy incident where it was just like something from Saturday Night Live. Heading into Final Jeopardy, Jalen Rose was down $1,300. He was minus $1,300. They gave him just like a charity $1,000 just so he could play. This was an example of some of the brilliance that came from Jalen Rose when the question was clearly asking for a state. This New England state is known for chowder, old money, and being the home of TV's Gilmore Girls. Jalen. What is New England? No. New England's not a state! (laughs) I don't know what they teach at Michigan, but I'm telling you, they need to revamp their ways of teaching things because, damn, Jalen Rose is dumber than a box of rocks.
Didn't she say New England in the question? Did I hear that right? Play, play the question one more time. The Celebrity Jeopardy question uh, 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 for Jalen Rose. This state is known for chowder, old money, this and New being England the state. TV's Gilmore Girls. She clearly says, this New England state. Jalen Rose, what is New England? No, you moron. One, it's not a state. And two, she just said it. But Jalen Rose is going to go on Twitter and call people dumb. Stop. I mean, I'm assuming the answer is Massachusetts. Correct. Right? <laughs> okay, I'm just making sure. Correct. This is New England state. Ah, uh, they in New England. Minus thirteen hundred in celebrity Jeopardy. Now you hear the types of questions they have. This isn't like the regular Jeopardy where they're giving you categories like yeah. particle physics and you know aerodynamics, neuroscience. Yeah. <laughs> this is the noise a doggy makes. Like, these are the questions you get, and Jalen Rose was still minus $1,300. Keeping it in the sports world here, Nige, Jim Gray, longtime sports commentator, he does a podcast with Tom Brady. It's called Let's Go. It's Tom Brady's podcast. Jim Gray's kind of the host, the anchor of it. Facilitates it, yeah. Right. So, Jim Gray asked Tom Brady the million-dollar question, what's your future? Do you have any type of a timetable as to what you might want to do regarding your football career? Jim, if I knew what I was going to do, I'd have already done it. Okay, I'm taking it a day at a time. (laughs) I sense you're antagonized by the question. (laughs) You're scratching. I appreciate your asking. Thank you. So, are you okay with Brady's answer? It sounds like he's getting a little surly there with his uh, co-host, Jim Gray. Right. Like, play that answer one more time, please, James. Because listen to Tom Brady. Like, it's a little bit over the top, I think. Jim, if I knew what I was going to do, I'd have already done it. Okay? I'm taking it a day at a time. So, next time sounds my wife like tells me, hey, yeah. what do you want to do for dinner tonight? Look, if I bleeping new i'd already be bleeping doing it we're taking it one meal at a time sounds around like here he's getting a little annoyed with the question oh cry me a river yeah i know but it didn't jim gray didn't he have some controversy with pete rose yes remember that interview he did uh it was after god it was after a reds cincinnati reds thing or something man so no it was uh at Yankee Stadium or something, or something with the All-Star game, they had like the one, the greatest players yes. all come out and get recognition. And Pete Rose got the all-clear from baseball to participate in that. And, you know, he goes out on the field, and the fans give him a standing ovation. Wow, Pete Rose, you know, back at a baseball ballpark. So Jim Gray goes up to him, and, man, he's just grilling him. Yeah. He's in That's his right. face, man. That's and right. Like, the Yankees won the game. And afterwards, the Yankee players were like, yeah, we don't want to talk to you. We saw what you did to Pete, so we're (laughs) good here. I forgot about that. Wow. (laughs) All right, coming up uh, next, uh, this is going to be fun. Taylor Riggs from Fox Business is going to join us. Uh, we got a lot of ground to cover with Taylor. We're going to talk a little bit about the national debt, her new program at Fox Business, and everything and in between. That's coming up right after we take a look at the news with Harrison Silcox. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. That's Jason Hammer over there. My name is Nigel. We'll go straight to the drivehubler.com hotline and bring on a host, uh, co-host of the Big Money Show, which just debuted on Fox Business Network yesterday. Taylor Riggs on the hotline. Taylor, how are you? Oh, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. We are day two of our show. 
and we're just thrilled. Well, let's. I, I want to get to your show, and I definitely want to see how you're feeling about the economy uh, here in 2023. But Hammer, I, I was just, I was, I was in the studio earlier, and I had the show on mute, and I just kind of looked. Uh, were you guys mixing and drinking cocktails on the second day of the show? Did, did I look at that wrong? Or I, I had it on mute, so I couldn't really tell. Okay. So the goal is to make finance fun. Yes. Right? And everyone thinks inflation is so boring, but we're talking about the price of everything going up, including the price of a mocktail. So if you want to go out and spend on a cocktail... Oh. On average, it's like $18. A mocktail is still $12. So it was a great example of inflation is everywhere. You cannot escape it no wait, matter wait, what. People are still are paying out the wazoo for, for drinks that don't even have any alcohol in them. Is that what the segment was? <laughs> That's unbelievable. <laughs> wow. It, inflation is real. I'm telling you. And long gone are the days of just the seltzer and cranberry. It's uh, all these new craft. Yeah. And what's crazy is it's all these small business owners, too. They're making all these craft mocktails, but you have to pay for it, like everything else in this world. Well, tell us um, tell us about the, the big debut of uh, your show. It's called The Big Money Show, Fox Business on Weekdays. This is day number two, and then we'll get into the uh, more in the economy here in just a minute. Yeah, you know, for me, when I hear big money, I think all of the big Wall Street money, I came from a little bit of that big institutional background of following what everyone on Wall Street was doing. The individual investor can still make money and can still win. So I'm hoping that our show, when we think about the big money, following the money, follow what that big money is doing. And I hope that we can bring our audience some really smart, fun investing advice. And they feel like at the end of that hour, they can walk away learning something a little bit new and also maybe having an, a nice investing idea to, to carry with them. Now, Taylor, before we dive into the market and the economy, taking a look at big picture here, it feels like the story of our national debt and where this country is with that is kind of flying under the radar because we're hearing about you know classified documents, we're hearing about the border, but how much this country is in debt feels like that's a big deal that's not really being talked about enough. Yeah, well said. So, look, we are just hit the debt ceiling this week, but of about $31 trillion. Thankfully, I think the Treasury is going to put in place some, quote, extraordinary measures, which will get us through until about summer. There's some good and some bad news here. From an economic perspective, this is a time when we can really look at spending what $31 trillion means for the economy, for this country. The good news is most analysts and economists I speak to say that there is no way that the U.S. would default on its debt, that it's so irresponsible and really hopeful that we would come to an agreement before that were to happen. From a policy perspective, I think it's important that this is the time for legislatures to have a conversation, um, figure out how we think about balancing our our books. Uh, Do we need to rein in spending? What is responsible spending? What does that look like? But you're right that it becomes sort of this big, complicated, and in a way, boring topic. But there are huge ramifications. I mean, long term, if you think about 
there was a Penn Wharton study that said by 2050, you could have 225% debt to GDP. If we were to get there long term, that's not good. It just means that you have to print more money, which causes more inflation, which devalues your currency. So I think big picture long term, now is the time that we really need to start talking and tackling these issues to make sure we don't get to that place 30 years from now. Speaking with Taylor Riggs, co-host of The Big Money Show, Fox uh, Business. So what what are the big money guys saying? What are the big banks saying? Like what's more of a what's more of a um a concern is it in, is it inflation or is it recession at this point? Mm. Good question. So a few weeks ago I spoke with the president of the New York Federal Reserve, John Williams. What is fascinating is inflation is the number one priority. I'm not sure he even mentioned the word recession. They are so focused on bringing down inflation because you can't have a strong, healthy, functioning economy if you don't have prices under control. So clearly inflation will be the priority. The problem is it comes at the expense of the economy. So if you want to bring down inflation, you are purposefully cooling the economy, which might push us into a recession. So all the big economists on the street are certainly forecasting maybe the word I hear right now is mild recession. Hmm. So I certainly have been so scarred from 2008. It would look nothing like 2008. I was going to say, are we at that level yet? No, not a chance. When you think about leverage in the system, debt levels on the consumer's balance sheet, debt levels on corporate balance sheets, we are nowhere near there. So the good news is recessions are, unfortunately, a healthy, normal part of a business cycle. You need them every few years as a reset. It's so funny. Like with the economy and finance, I swear up is down, down is up. I could have sworn I heard the Fed chair, Jerome Powell, the other day said, basically said, I'm paraphrasing, we need more unemployment. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm scratching my head because I like that these numbers come out. And I'm like, oh, good. People are back to work. But that's, you know, we're not going to see a fall in the interest rates, right, until we see a little bit more unemployment. You're spot on. So you need higher unemployment, cool spending to lower inflation. So the Federal Reserve has said that they would tolerate a little bit of an uptick in the unemployment rate, because frankly, that is the only way to start cooling off this economy. Remember, this economy was way overheated. You had massive fiscal stimulus. You had massive monetary stimulus from the Federal Reserve. So we're now just trying to rein all of that in. Taylor Riggs, our guest from Fox Business. Taylor, I'm old enough to remember when I was told this was going to be transitory, this was going to be temporary, (laughs) everybody just relax, we'll have just a little bit of inflation, like diet inflation, and then everything's going to be fine. Uh, You mentioned the word forecast earlier, and I think anytime people talk with money and you're talking about the economy, that's the key word here, forecast. How long do you think we're going to be in this situation of high inflation? Can you give me a guess? Great question. And the tricky part is, if you think about sort of the headline inflation numbers that we got that peaked at 9%, getting them down from 9 to 5% wasn't that hard. The problem is pulling that down from 5% to 2%, which is really the target of what you want in a healthy economy. So the thing 
thing I think that keeps me up at night is not pulling inflation down. It's how long it's going to take. Mm. And do we get stuck at 3% inflation? Do we get stuck at 4% inflation? Or can we really bring it back down to 2 And what is the pain that it's going to take to get us down to 2%? So when you think about the forecast, that is what is on economists' mind. We know we can get inflation down but how far and how fast, and frankly, we haven't really done this since the 70s or the 80s. So we're in a little bit of a brave new world here. So, Taylor, I don't know if you've seen the original Top Gun movie, 1986, Tom Cruise. There's a scene in this movie where one of the (laughs) flight commanders is angry and he's yelling, I want some butts. So with that being said, who do we blame for all of this? How did we get in this situation? If we want some butts, who do we yell at for all of this? I need to go back and rewatch that. <laughs> You're making it sound so fun. Although I saw the remake, it was good. Uh, I loved yes, it. yes, loved it. But to your question, I think there was a host of things. Some of it was supply chain issues. When China shut down, they shut down manufacturing. They shut down their ports. We couldn't get anything. Remember, we were trying to buy a package on Amazon, and it was gone for three weeks. It just wouldn't show up. So prices were increased in part because of massive supply chain issues. Part of those are starting to ease. So supply chain is looking a little bit healthier. But you can also blame, frankly, a lot of the fiscal stimulus. I would argue a lot of that stimulus from um, the, the, the Senate, the, the Congress, the executive branch was needed when times were really hard. But then we got a lot of extra trillion dollars. It's so stimulative for this economy and drives inflation. And then you also had monetary uh, stimulus, which comes from the Federal Reserve. I think a lot of economists would argue they kept interest rates at zero for way too long. They were denying inflation. They said it was transitory. When you and I went to the grocery store, we knew for a fact that this inflation was not coming down anytime soon. So I really feel like it was a combination of all of these things that went wrong at the same time. And we were just all too slow to rein in the money. Once you spend it, it's hard to rein it back in. The new show, The Big Money Show. Fox News, Taylor Riggs is co-host. I I say, here's what I say, because I know you guys are like the new kids on the block there, but you need Mm -hmm. to make your mark. You need to come in strong. You need to go... You know, sneak into Gutfeld's office and and, <laughs> and hide all his alcohol. You need to go into you know sneak into Jesse Waters' office and TP his uh, his desk or something like that, just to make it known that you're you're not taking any crap. From right. Him. Announce your presence with authority. Yes. Okay, I'm going to make a name for myself by throwing toilet paper in everyone's office. Great suggestion. <laughs> you know what? Would you say it out loud? Maybe it wasn't right, so bad great. Bad idea. Bad idea. Uh, the Big Money Show, Monday through Friday, 1 o'clock on Fox Business. Taylor Riggs. Taylor, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. We're coming right back. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation.
Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Cameron and Nigel show. We have another hour of the show coming up. A complete update. Everything you need to know about the weather system moving uh, through Central Indy. It's looking like it's going to be an interesting night and commute in the morning, Hammer. When I heard this song come on, at first I was excited because I thought it was Jim Cantori of the Weather Channel yeah, reacting was... to Thunder Snow. <laughs> so, uh, more updates after 6 o'clock. It, it, look, I mean, it's, it's going to be a thing where if you don't have to get out tomorrow, don't. Right. I mean, stay off the roads. It's easier said than done. People have to get to work. But we'll talk to Matt Bear, obviously, and he'll get us through traffic and what we can expect tomorrow. And if you're out and you see the plow trucks and the salt trucks, give them room to do their job. Get the hell out of the way. Right. Um, we were talking during the commercial break, Nige, that uh, your wife, the lovely Mrs. Nige, yes. big Chris Stapleton fan. Huge. Uh, she would travel. We were trying to go to Nashville. Uh, either I forget if it was last year. Or she was trying to buy tickets this year, and um, it, like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars to go see Chris Stapleton, huge mega superstar in country music. And uh, yeah, he's got a great voice, man. I love the guy. He is going to be singing the national anthem at the Super Bowl this year. No kidding. Was that just they just announced that? That was announced earlier today. So, Mr. Tennessee Whiskey, uh, he's doing the national anthem and performing America the Beautiful. Naptown represent Babyface. I don't see a whole lot of Babyface anymore. Is he still present and popular in uh, the music industry? I don't think he's putting out like new albums. Is he producing? I have but no idea. Babyface is uh, singing, not the national anthem. America the, the Beautiful. Oh, sorry, America the Beautiful. Okay. So he's a hit machine, though. Like, if you go down the rabbit hole of hits from Babyface, man, it's one right after the other. So we got a little bit of everything going on for the Super Bowl. You've got Chris Stapleton doing the anthem. Babyface is doing America the Beautiful. And then the halftime show is Rihanna. So that is your entertainment lineup. Come on, man. Give me some Foo Fighters. <laughs> Give me some Metallica. You're one of those guys that's never yeah, going to be happy never gonna be happy until, until like... it's the Foo Fighters and a Molly Hatchet cover band. <laughs> Come on. I want some Godsmack up there at halftime. <laughs> Where's Pantera? Oh, yeah, exactly. Those guys are kind of back together in a roundabout way. Ugh. <laughs> uh. Um, so that is yeah. coming up for the Super Bowl, but coming up after six o'clock again, we'll check in with Marcus Bailey, meteorologist for Wish TV. The countdown is on. Yep. The storm is on its way. We've got you covered right here at 93 WIBC.